Hey everyone, this is Julie. I'm the lead pastor at the Grove Church. Welcome to our message podcast. We are so glad you decided to listen in. For more information, visit our website, thegrovecommunity.net, and check out our Instagram, thegrovefc. But most importantly, we hope this message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy! Good morning, everyone, and welcome. My name is Julie. I'm the lead pastor here at The Grove. We are so excited that you are joining us this morning because we are in our very first week of our new series called Unleashed. We are going to be talking about what it would look like if we truly surrendered our hearts to the Holy Spirit, what it would look like if we allowed the Holy Spirit to be unleashed in the world around us. So I have some questions for you this morning. Do you think it's possible that just maybe God has some things that he wants to do in your life? Do you think it's possible that God has some things that he wants to change in your life? And what would it look like if we could merge those things together with unleashing the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to change not only us, but the world that's around us? God wants to use you in powerful ways at The Grove. We picked our name The Grove because it is a place in a community which literally makes it better, healthier, and stronger in the name of Jesus. What would it look like if as a community, we came together to say we want to unleash the power of the Holy Spirit in our hearts to change our community for Jesus, to help bring life, to help bring vitality, to help bring healing to the people that are around us. But this is only going to happen if we allow it to happen, if we invite God into this, if we let God do it. So we are gonna spend the first few weeks of our series in the book of Acts. The book of Acts is a narrative of events that happened right after Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. It's the development of the early church right after Jesus sent his disciples out to change things. And it starts off with this huge bang, okay? Because here's the deal, after Jesus rose from the dead, he came back and he didn't just like appear one time. When I was a kid growing up, when I was really young, I just kind of had this impression that Jesus rose from the dead and he came back and he did this like one appearance and he had like glowing arms and he just kind of rose from the dead and he was like, I'm alive, make good decisions, don't forget about me. And then he was gone, but that's not the truth. In fact, after he rose from the dead, he stuck around for 40 days teaching his disciples. He was continuing to be in relationship with them. He was teaching them things. And Acts 1-4 tells us this. On one occasion, while he, Jesus, was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So it starts out with this huge bang. He's promising this thing, this Holy Spirit. And then in the very next chapter, this Holy Spirit comes. Now I want to set the page. Because I think we have a, a, a tendency to downplay things that happen in the Bible, that we think of them as these fairy tales. But I want you to imagine what it would be like if you were in a room 
in a town of Jerusalem, in Israel, and all of a sudden you heard this crazy loud noise. The Bible tells us that this super loud noise came in as the Holy Spirit came into this room. I am terrified of tornadoes. I actually had this reoccurring dream about being stuck in a tornado. I grew up in South Florida, so like bring on a hurricane, bring on stuff like that, but tornadoes, like uh-uh, game over, terrified. So I can imagine being in this room, hearing this super loud noise and thinking, mm-hmm, uh, yep, a tornado is coming to take us all. I wouldn't have thought of the spiritual dynamic of it. I wouldn't have been thinking, oh yeah, Hey, Jesus told us to wait in this room, and eventually the Holy Spirit was going to show up. And of course, he's so powerful and amazing and awesome that it would sound loud. I, like in my mind, I would have just been like, a tornado is coming to take me away, and I'm, and I'm going to meet God pretty soon. So this giant noise is going on. And then, as if that was not scary and terrifying enough, they saw what the Bible says were tongues of fire coming down. So imagine like fire ropes fire ropes coming down and landing on everybody. Imagine what it would be like to be in this scenario and see it and think, I'm about to be burned. They didn't realize that it was fire from heaven, that they weren't gonna be burned. So they're in this room, this fire happens, this loud noise happens, and I imagine that they're all talking and panicking. There was people from all over the world, Jewish people from all over the world were gathered. So they didn't all speak the same primary first language and all of a sudden they looked around and they realized we don't speak the same language but i i can hear you i can understand you and then peter stands up and he starts preaching he says hey this is what jesus promised he starts preaching about who jesus was and as he did this three thousand people that day became followers of Jesus. 3,000 people that day were impacted by seeing the Holy Spirit, by hearing the noise, by seeing the fire, by seeing people being able to communicate when they couldn't previously understand each other. It's amazing, 3,000 people. Now, we read this, this happens straight out of Acts. And if I'm reading a book, I kind of expect for like the power play the ultimate part of the story to happen at the end of the story, but it happens right in the beginning and you're kind of like, well, this is kind of anticlimactic. Like, why am I going to read the whole rest of the book when you kind of ruin the story? Like, I know what happens. The Holy Spirit comes. He changes everything. But what the Bible was trying to do, what God was trying to do was set up from early on the understanding that everything that happened after that was coming from the power of the Holy Spirit. The book of Acts is full of stories of the first church, the early church. It's full of miracles. It's full of people coming to know Jesus for the first time. Signs, wonder, power. And what the Bible is trying to remind us is that that power happened because the Holy Spirit was unleashed in those people's hearts. And it was the power that they received from the Holy Spirit that allowed them to change the world around them. That allowed them to bring the hope, the good news of Jesus, that you can have your sins forgiven, that you can have a fresh start, that you can have a new beginning, that you can have a relationship with the God of the universe. It was that 
that was communicated to everybody that was around them as the power of the Holy Spirit was unleashed. And what we are going to be talking about this morning is how can we do the same thing? How can we let the power of the Holy Spirit be unleashed in our own hearts and in our own lives? And in order to do this, if we're going to be talking about what it looks like to unleash the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to have to like take a step back and say, hey, who is the Holy Spirit? If we're going to talk about unleashing him, then we need to take a brief moment to talk about who he actually was. Jesus described the Holy Spirit this way. John 14, 25. All this I have spoken while still with you, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He's talking about this before it even happened. This was before this experience in Acts. He was saying, this advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom my Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you everything I have said to you. Peace I leave you. My peace I give you. Now an advocate is somebody that fights for you, that, that stands before people to plead your case, to plead your cause. Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit is our advocate. In Colorado, we have something called a CASA, which is a volunteer position for kids that have ended up in the foster care system and are maybe you know, needing some protection of different things that have happened in their life. And the judge appoints a CASA, which is called a court-appointed special advocate for that kid. And their job is to advocate for the best interest of that child. I love this. I love that our court system provides advocates for kids that don't have a voice. And some of you need to hear this morning that God is your advocate, that the Holy Spirit works as your advocate. How many of us, when we think about God, as we talked about last week, about God being the good, good father. And we said, what, what we think about God is quite possibly the most important thing about us because it changes our belief of ourselves and how we view the world around us. Some of you this morning need to understand that the Holy Spirit is your advocate. And yet when you picture God, when you think about God, your first tendency might be to think that he is there judging you that he's all judgy and condemny, and he's constantly mad at you, and you struggle with shame, and you think that you're never doing a good enough job, that you're not impacting the world around you enough, that you dropped that ball and you said that thing, and you're compounded like all day long, you're bombarded with these thoughts of shame, and you feel like God is mad at you. And what we need to remember, the Bible, Jesus himself said that the Holy Spirit works as an advocate an advocate is somebody that fights for us, that pleads for us, that goes before us, that has our best interest in mind. And this passage also says that the Holy Spirit, they teach us, they guide us, they want us to know. Sorry, he wants us to know. The Holy Spirit wants us to know what's right and wrong. He wants us to know what choices are best for us. Jesus also says that the Holy Spirit is kind of like wind. The wind blows and you feel it, but you can't see it, but you can feel its effect, you can feel its presence. He says, listen, the Holy Spirit is a lot like this. He's always around, he's permanently present. You can feel his effects even though you can't see him. And the Holy Spirit is like this as well. 
And this is what I want us to base our understanding on as we continue to talk about what it looks like to be unleashed for the Holy Spirit. Like, what an amazing comment or concept, okay? And when we are talking about this Holy Spirit, I want us all to realize that the Holy Spirit is your advocate, guide, teacher, and constant presence. The Holy Spirit is your advocate, teacher, guide, and constant presence. And this is who came down on all of those people that day in Acts. This is what Jesus had promised was going to come, what they promised was going to happen. The Holy Spirit was unleashed with the power to create change. He was unleashed to create change in the world around him. And that's what happened. These people, these 3,000 people, the disciples that they were there, they traveled around the world around them. They unleashed the power of the Holy Spirit to create change. Now, I think we have a tendency to look at people in the Bible. And we kind of, like I said, we kind of make it into like a fairy tale type story. But in the midst of that, we often kind of tend, like turn them into these superheroes. We're like, no, those people, I mean, that might have happened, but that was in the Bible times. And so they were like other. They were different. We kind of turn them into these superheroes. And yet, what if it's true that the people in the Bible did not have any more of the Holy Spirit than we do now? What if it's possible that the things that happened back then can still happen now? What if stories like 3,000 people coming to Jesus, like miracles happening, like people coming to know him, what if those weren't just stories that happened way back in Acts? What if they could still happen today? What if the Holy Spirit could be unleashed in your life to create change in the world around you? Well, here's the deal. We serve and follow the very same God that was active during the time of Acts. We serve and follow the very same God that took a non-existent religion. It wasn't even a thing. Christianity came about because of Jesus. So he took this non-existent thing, this movement, and he changed the world around us and made it a powerhouse in the course of one generation. That is the same God that we serve. He has not changed. God does not change. The Holy Spirit has not changed. And the power that we have access to, the power that can be unleashed in us to change the world around us, has not changed. The Holy Spirit is just as active today as he was when the Bible was written. So I told you that Peter started preaching when this noise happened and these fire tongues happened, fire ropes happened. Peter started preaching to people to tell them the truth about who Jesus was. And here is one of the things that he said. Here is how we know that nothing has changed. That the Holy Spirit is just as powerful back then as he is now. In Acts 38, he says this. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Christ Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord will call. I want you to hear that. 
for all that the Lord will call, for people who are far off. And this is an important thing for us to know. Peter is saying, listen, this thing, this thing that just showed up, this Holy Spirit that was just unleashed in this community, it is the same for you sitting in this seat today, sitting on your couch today, whether you're in person with us or whether you are watching online, it is still the same. We don't get the like 50% version of the Holy Spirit. It's not like starting from 2000 years ago when this happened, it's like a declining scale of power. No, he's saying this gift of the Holy Spirit, it's going to be for everybody who comes in the future, for everybody who's far off. It doesn't matter who you are, you get the same Holy Spirit that these people did. And I want that to really sink in. Because the same God who did this in Acts is the same God that is available to you today. It's the same God that's involved in the Grove Church. The same God that wants to be a grove in our community, that wants to see our community be changed for the better. And listen, I want to be clear, okay? Let's get real for a second. This isn't the prosperity gospel. The prosperity gospel is like, hey, follow Jesus and he will make you rich and he'll make everything perfect. That's not what I'm talking about. I want to be clear. It's also not, not the name and claim it gospel where you're like, hey, if you just believe, if you pray hard enough, everything that you're asking for will come true. That's also not what this is. But what this is, is the idea that maybe, just maybe, the Holy Spirit can be unleashed in you in greater ways than you have previously thought. That maybe, just maybe, the Holy Spirit is just as powerful today as he was back then. And when I talk about unleashing the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, I'm not talking about anything super weird. That's not me. What I'm talking about is the Holy Spirit unleashing his power of change, of redemption, of forgiveness, of peace in your life. And I think it looks like the Holy Spirit unleashing his power to help you get through a stronghold, like an area in your marriage that you just can't quite get past. Maybe it's his Holy Spirit being unleashed and the power being unleashed with a decision that your kid is making that is stressing you out and you know it's the wrong decision and you've been praying about it and he steps in and he convicts them and they make a different decision. Maybe it's working in our community around us to help us figure out ways to be anti-racist, to convict people of what that looks like, to help us all work together, black and white, and brown and to figure out what that looks like. Maybe it can be unleashing unity in our communities and in our churches rather than dissension. That is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the power of the Holy Spirit being unleashed in your life. But the Holy Spirit will not be unleashed in your life until you give him the chance to be, until you believe that it could really happen until you believe that that's a thing. And it is kind of like the idea of the four minute mile. 
So the four minute mile, okay, it is this dream. It had been this dream for a really long, long time for uh, speed runners, okay? It is the idea that somebody could run a mile in under four minutes. It was like the white whale for running, but nobody was ever quite sure it could be done. They thought maybe, but I'm not actually sure. I think there was a lot of people that thought that is crazy because it is crazy. The fastest mile I have ever run was to get an A in my final in PE in ninth grade, and I ran it in seven minutes and 58 seconds. And so that is half of that. That's crazy, okay? But in 1954, this guy named Roger Bannister broke that record. He ran a mile in three minutes and 59 seconds. And then a month later, somebody else broke that record. Now, is that a coincidence? I mean, maybe we could say, oh, hey, well, it's because we, we know better how to eat or we have better shoes. And actually, you might have a point to that. We're gonna put a picture of Roger Bannister on the screen. You can see his shoes. They look like slippers and he's running in the mud. And you're like, oh gosh, if you had had like the, 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 the like electrolyte packets and if you had had the new cool, you know, like Mizunos or the Brooks shoes, you probably could have run it faster than that. But this was 1954 and yet they broke the record. And then it kept happening and it kept happening. And it wasn't a coincidence, but what happened was in people's minds all of a sudden, they started going after the four minute mile, the sub four minute mile, because all of a sudden, the entire world believed that it was possible. And this is where God is wanting to stretch us this morning. I think there are a lot of us that thinks the Holy Spirit is this kind of weird, creepy thing that they're not sure what to do with. They think that maybe power and, and power through God isn't a real thing. What if it was? What if we truly believe that the same God that showed up with a roaring noise and fire ropes and brought 3,000 people to him back in the second chapter of Acts is the same God that we serve today and that the Holy Spirit's power could continue to be unleashed in your life and in your life and in your life and in my life to change the world around me. So what does it look like for us to do this? To say, okay, well, uh, I'm convinced. I think the four mile, the four minute mile is a thing. I think that the Holy Spirit's a thing and he's just as powerful today as he was back then. So what does it look like for me to actually allow him to be unleashed in my life? I want him to be unleashed in my life. This is the big challenge for you this morning. Unleash the Holy Spirit in your life. Believe that it can make a difference, but how? Uh, a couple months ago, my, my husband, he started talking about boats and it was going to be many years off in the distance and then all of a sudden he kept sending me pictures of boats and talking about boats and all of a sudden I was like, this isn't like a years in the future thing. I'm, I'm feeling like we're getting a boat sooner rather than later. He found this awesome deal. He, him and his dad drove out to California. They brought back a boat in November. So we waited all year to use it. We took it out a couple months ago. And as we were driving it, we could tell that it wasn't quite working as well as it, as it could have been. It was like maybe working at three quarters of its power. And we didn't know what was wrong with it. We're still learning the boat thing. We take it back. And we realize after we open up the, un uh, the, the onion, the, um, 
the, uh, the engine compartment, and I say we, and when I mean we, I really mean him because I have no idea how the boat works. He opens up the engine compartment and realizes that one of the spark plugs, and there's four spark plugs in the boat, was just completely unattached. And for those of you that don't know what spark plugs are, I googled it, and so I'm going to read to you what a spark plug is. A spark plug is a device for delivering electric current from an ignition system to the combustion chamber of a spark ignition engine to ignite the compressed fuel-air mixture by an electric shock spark while com containing combustion pressure within the engine. Did you get that? Okay, so I'm gonna put it in really simple terms. Basically, a spark plug creates this little spark that, cr that ignites the air and the fuel around it, which creates these mini explosions, which makes your engine run. And so they're really important to making sure that your engine runs. And all we had to do was plug the spark plug back in and the engine ran at full force again. I think a lot of times in our life, we do this. We go about our life, we're doing okay, we're, we're making changes, we're, we're making a difference in the world that's around us, but quite possibly it could be better. Quite possibly it could be more if we plugged that spark plug back in, if we got connected to the Holy Spirit. And I have to tell you, I find myself doing this quite often. I live my life, I go through my day, I prepare for my message, and just something doesn't feel right, and, and I feel like I could be doing more, or I could be doing better, and then I take a step back and I'm like, I have not brought Jesus into this. I haven't really prayed as much as I wanted to. I'm trying to do this in my own strength, but here I am. I've been trying and worrying and scrambling and fixing, and it's just only working at 75%, maybe 50%. And so I take a step back and I say, God, I need you. I need your power. I need you to show up. I've been trying to manage this on my own and work out of my own power. But I want you. I want you to be the power. So what does it look like to plug into the Holy Spirit? To go to him and say, I need your power. I want you to be unleashed in my life. And I think a lot of it is our intention. I think a lot of it is our prayer of praying for authority over the situations that are in our lives, of praying for that, that person that we've been wanting to know Jesus, to come to Jesus, to say, Holy Spirit, you go before me. You have, you have conversation, you tell me what to say. It's, it's saying, hey, I have this hard conversation going up or I have this thing I want to talk to my friend about or my spouse about, but you go before me. I want to unleash you to go before me, to pave the way and maybe show me where I'm wrong and what I need to change in my own heart. Maybe it's coming in here on Sunday mornings or starting out the morning at your home and saying, God, we want your, your Holy Spirit to be released, to be unleashed in this location this morning. We want major breakthroughs to happen in people's lives. We want them to know that they're loved. We want them to know that Jesus is their advocate. We want them to come to start a relationship with Jesus for the first time. We are saying, Jesus, unleash. Go before me. Help me. I wanna plug my spark plugs back in so that I am getting the power from you and not from myself. So maybe you're here this morning and um, you're not sure about this. 
you're like, this is a weird church, they talk about spark plugs, and I don't even really know what those are, and you're not sure if you do want to plug your spark plugs in, if you do want to unleash the Holy Spirit in your life, because you're still not sure about this whole God thing. And listen, if you're here this morning and you don't believe in God, please know that he believes in you, and please know that he is advocating for you, even while you're unaware. And we encourage you to keep coming back week in and week out and to learn about this God who loves you and who believes in you. And maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, I haven't ever made that decision. You know, Peter said, repent and, and turn your life to him and be baptized. And I, I haven't done that. I've never really made that decision as an adult to ask Jesus into my life, to plug myself into God, to have him be that spark plug in my life and to have him be unleashed. And you're saying, listen, I'm ready. And so if that's you this morning, we're going to say a prayer. Um, in the church world, it's called a prayer of salvation. Uh, you might hear it be called that at, at, at um, somewhere or hear somebody reference it. But basically, it just means that you're saying a prayer to start a lifelong relationship with God. That you're saying a prayer that, that means, I, I know that I've messed up and I've been trying to do it on my own. I've been trying to do it in my own power. But I'm tired of running at 50 or 75%. And I want my life to be different. I want it to mean something. I want the Holy Spirit to be unleashed in me to make a difference in the world that's around me. And so this morning, we are going to give you a chance to pray this prayer and to begin a journey with Jesus. And listen, if you're here this morning and you're sitting here in these seats, um, I want you to say this prayer with people. Because it's a lot easier to do something if other people come with you. And we don't want the person to not say the prayer out loud because they're like, oh, it's kind of a small church and it's really echoey and everybody's going to hear me. So I want everybody to do this together, okay? Community is one of our main values. I want us to be a community that says this prayer together. And I want it to be a chance for you to reaffirm your commitment to God, to reaffirm that moment when you ask Jesus into your life and everything changed. So whether you are saying this for the first time or whether you have already said it, we are going to pray this prayer out loud together. So repeat after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I've messed up and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and my life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for giving me a fresh start. In your name I pray, amen. If that was you this morning, if you prayed this prayer for the very first time, let me tell you, you were in for an amazing adventure and a journey of a lifetime. We would love for you to mark it down on your communication card. We have put that link up on the screen. If you're watching online, we're going to put a link in the communication in the comment section. And it's basically just right on the main page of our website. If you scroll down, it says communication card. We would love for you guys to fill that out. And if you said that prayer for the very first time this morning, we would love to know because we wanna cheer you on, we wanna advocate for you, and we wanna get you some resources to help you grow in your faith. 
If you are joining us online, this is where we part ways. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. If you are here in this room, we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to our message podcast. Are you local? We would love for you to join us in person on Sunday. We have tons of fun at our services. If you liked this podcast, take a moment to subscribe. You can click the share button and share it with a friend or take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram or Facebook. And hey, always remember, you are loved.